Well, greetings, dear friends. It's good to have you with us once again for our Bible classes. This is one of our Wednesday Bible classes. And let's just get along with it. I want to pick up here uh, where we left off last time. We've been talking about our been talking about our salvation, but we've been talking about that salvation as being a union with Christ. We've used the term a lot uh, in Christ, such as if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And what we're doing is just looking at that to see that it's not just that it's not just sayings, uh, not just terminologies, but actually. Uh, uh, a term that is uh, defining a, a reality of our union. Uh, it is not a theology that we are dealing with, but a reality of our union with Christ. And I want to get into that uh, in, in the Scripture. We're going to be in the Gospel of John uh, with this uh, and just continue uh, continue there. I want us to keep something in mind. And it's just this. Christ is not our religion. We really need to get a hold of that, folks. Christianity is not a religion. Uh, Christianity in its, in its fullness, Christianity in its foundation, Christianity in its substance is Christ himself. He's not the head of a religion, uh, He's not the head of a religious movement. He is none of that. Christ is our life. He's our life. So if, if you just, just write that down and look at it every now and then and say, Lord, open my eyes. Christ is not our religion. He is our life. And our relationship with Him is as His very own body. And that doesn't just come about. And that's what we've been talking about and what I want to continue to talk about. How is it that the body of Christ, uh, the church, the true church, not the church as a religion, not the church as, as buildings uh, on a street corner or anywhere else, not the church as an organization and not the church as denominations either, the church as the very body of Jesus Christ. We use buildings. Uh, 
we gather in locations. We do that at certain times. But there's not, there is not a time, there is no time when we are not his body, if indeed, if indeed we are born from above, if indeed we are born of the very Spirit of Christ, if indeed Christ is in you, then there is, well, there is never a time that he's not in you. If he is there, he is there. If he is in you, he is in you by new birth, by being born from the one who is above all. It is a union. It is a fellowship. Not a fellowship as an organization, but the fellowship of the Son. And the fellowship of the Son is an eternal. The fellowship of the Son is a fellowship with the Father. And we are being brought in by Christ. To that very fellowship. It's pleased the Father who hath called us into the fellowship of his Son. The scripture there actually says, God is faithful who has called us into the fellowship of his Son. Now I'm emphasizing again, that's not a corporate name of an organization, not even the organization that we represent here in CMI. No, no. These things enable us to function on earth, function in ministry and in other ways, function as we're functioning right now. But the reality of it, the reality of it, is our union with Christ. So, I want to just continue with that. Uh, also, I was thinking about this in the last day or two, just, there, there is only, and your Bible makes that clear, and we have dealt with it time and time again, but I call it to your attention. The first thing to keep in mind is that Christ is not our religion, He's our life. Another thing is that there is only, only two men, only two men to be dealt with, with regard to our salvation, and those two men are made manifest, dealt with, at or by the cross. The first man, Adam, in whom we are all born by our natural birth. The Adamic creation is the creation of mankind, of a man, an earthly man, an earthly man. And then, 
The other man, the second man, and that's not really second as to order, that is second as to promise. As to promise. When God gave the pattern to Moses for the tabernacle. And hun, the tabernacle is an Old Testament picture. It goes on to be fulfilled uh, and made manifest in the temple and Solomon. Uh, but we're not dealing with that right now except to say that it is, that it is a picture, a type, a testimony actually of our union with Christ. And when the pattern of that was given to Moses, was, was, was given to him, uh, there is... There is that outer court and then what's called the inner court and then what is called the Holy of Holies, which is also referred to as the second. The Holy of Holies the Holy of Holies What can I say? The Ark of the Covenant is there. The glory of God is there. The mercy seat is there. It is where the high priest enters only one time a year. So although the whole tabernacle speaks of the union, the Holy of Holies is the greater testimony of our union with Christ. And uh, we'll look at all of that as we continue on. That's what we are talking about. But these two men, Adam and Christ, we cannot just take a man, any man, in the Adamic creation. So let me just call that man Adam. We cannot educate or teach or train or make improvements up on Adam and thereby bring Adam into real salvation. What real salvation is. Hunt salvation is not just God forgiving Adam for sin and then saying, here, now, live the best you can, do the best you can, serve me the best you can, find you a church building and go there, 
And one day, one day, I will bring you into a glorious place and there you will live forever. No, the salvation of Adam by Christ, by Christ crucified, the salvation of Adam is death. He's not made over. He's brought to death. And out of that death, the death of Christ, and out of that death comes the second man, the new man, who is Christ and the new man whose body we are because the new man is Christ living in the believer who has received him as their life. So Christ is life and only Christ lives. And even if he lives in me and in you, which he does, he only lives. It is not me and Jesus walking down life's road together. No, it is Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man, absolutely none, no man, not any man, no man cometh to my Father into this glorious realm of the Father, this glorious relationship, this glorious fellowship. No man cometh unto my Father but by me. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. How does that work? But by me. So I made the comment that Christ lives, even if he lives in me or in you, he only lives. We have life. But we have life because it is Christ living in us. Hun, he is life. He is life. He is the resurrection, not of the old man. He's the resurrection out from among the old man. He's, he's the resurrection, not just the terminology is used of the dead. He is the resurrection out from among the dead. And he lives in those who, although among the dead, hear his voice and obey and receive him. So we've gone through all of this 
just statements that I wanted us to look at. And just as an introduction here, I'm going to read two or three verses. We've, we've done a lot of reading in Revelation 1, verse 1 through 20. I want to read verse 17, and when I saw him, this is John, of course, speaking, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I, verse 18, verse 18 is what I'm interested in. I am he that liveth. Now, in, in, in Romans 6, Paul says, In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. But also, we will find Paul saying, what amounts to saying, And in that he liveth unto God, he liveth in you and he liveth in me. Indeed, Paul did say that to the Galatians and to all of us through that letter where he says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Now, hon, that's what I said a while ago. That's God's answer to Adam. That's God's answer to the world. That, sweetheart, is the love of God. How can that possibly be the love of God? God's answer to the world is death. How can that possibly be? How can that possibly be the love of God? Well, it's the love of God because it's Christ who died, who had no sin, who has never had sin and never will have sin. It's Christ who took that death into his very body and soul, and in doing so, he summed up all of humanity, and he died as all of humanity, from the beginning to the end of it, from the first to the last of it. He died. When one died, all died with him so that the dead who hear his voice can live, but we live only by him. And when I say that, I mean we live only because he liveth in us. And this is exactly what Paul says. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, Paul says, nevertheless, I live, but not I. But not I. Then here's my term. Christ liveth. Christ liveth. Not just Christ lives. Not just upon occasion Christ visits with me. Not just upon an occasion uh, do I, you know, uh, worship. And, 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 and one day, one day goes into that. One day he will actually be in us and we'll actually be in him. No, that's not a one-day situation. And Paul doesn't say that it is. He says, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And he goes on to say the, 
and the life that I now live in the flesh, in this earthen vessel, I live by the faith, by the understanding of Christ given to me of God. I live in the understanding that Christ himself liveth in me and that it is not me living but Christ living in me. Now I keep trying to say this in different ways. What I'm actually saying, hon, is that I have life, you have life, but that life is what lives. That life is who lives. He lives in me, but the life is Christ himself. Now, where there is this resurrection that we read about here, I am he that liveth, verse 18 of, Roman, uh, of Revelation. I am he that liveth, was dead, or a better translation may be, I became dead, and behold, which focuses the light right upon Christ himself, and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and of death. This is the very same thing. Can you jot this down? This is the very same thing that Paul says in Romans 6. Read the whole chapter. Romans 6. And he brings us right into that death. And then he brings us into the reality of who Christ is and what our union with him is all about. When he says, Reckon ye therefore Therefore reckon ye yourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through, by, in. The word there in Romans is through Jesus Christ the Lord. Dead through our union with him in his death. Alive unto God because it is Christ only who lives in us. Now, honey, I know salvation is, is an, it, let, let me try to say that salvation is, uh, it is in one way independent in that, in that, I have to come to him. You can't come to him for me. And I have to be born from above. You can't be born from above for me. So I have to come to Christ. But once Christ is in me, individuality 
goes out the window. And I become the same thing you become. His body. His body. And, and, and I say this because I have because I have read and I have heard too many too many teachers and preachers and, and just Christians say that say that our salvation uh, is something like a reincarnation. And then they'll say that salvation, even when they agree that it's Christ in you, they will say, well, yes, it's Christ living in me as me. Hun, in Romans 6, you will find that the me relating to the believer, relating to me, relating to you, the be, the me, the us, stops at the cross. Where Paul says, and I'm saying all this for a reason, I'm not just rambling on it, I wrote it down. Paul says in Romans 6, verse 3, What do you not know? You'll have to read Romans 6 with me. What? Talking about the grace of God. The grace of God abounding. And he says, where sin abounded, the grace of God doth much more abound. And he, and he was saying, now don't, don't think that this means the more you sin, the more grace you have. He said, that, no, that's not right. What? What? How shall we that are dead to sin continue to live therein? Do you not know that as many, M-A-N-Y, many, as many of us, use the word us, that were baptized into Christ. And this is not baptized in somebody's swimming pool or baptized in somebody's baptistry. This, is, this right here is not talking about a water baptism. It's talking about baptism in spirit. Baptized into Christ by the very Spirit of God. That's what this is talking about here, and there's no doubt about that. I just bring it to your attention. As many of us as were baptized into Christ, into Christ. Now, if you want to call him the water of your baptism, that's fine. And I've just been looking in the last two or three days at the laver, because the laver is just what that is, baptism into Christ. So if you want to talk about Christ being the water of that baptism, fine. But let me just go ahead with it. 
Look at this. As many of us as were, have been, as are, baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death. Look at that. You can't change that verse. You can't make it say anything else. You can look at it in every translation you want to look at it in. Baptized into Christ were baptized into His death. On His death was the death of me. His death was the death of you. His death was the death of Adam, who we are prior to our baptism. Baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into His death. And then the very next word, which is the very next sentence, uh, sentence or verse, verse 4, chapter 6, the very next word is, so that. Now, I've added the word so, the word there is that, but it's, it's translated as so that, buried with him by baptism into death, so that, that, as, now, here's where it comes from us to him, so that, like as Christ, Christ the second man, Christ the new man, Christ the Son of God, that like as Christ was risen up, out, from among the dead, even so, in that same manner, in that same reality, his, his resurrection, Him being raised up. Like as Christ was raised up out from among the dead by the glory. And this is where the Holy of Holies comes into it. This is where heaven itself comes into it. The glory of God. This is where bringing many sons unto glory comes into it. We're not talking about glorified sons. Not really. We'll talk about the glorification of Christ in many sons. Raised up out from among the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, in that exact truth, in that exact manner, so also, we also, should walk, and this is not just something we should do, it's something that is set before us as the only thing that we do. Should walk in newness of life. Hon, Christ is the only one in the pages of this Bible that did say, can say, I make all things new. I make all things new. 
I am the newness of all things. You know that eternal life is newness of life? Do you know that newness of life is Christ himself? Do you know that eternal life is Christ himself living in you? We were baptized into his death. We were buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ, that like as Christ was raised up and now liveth, that like as Christ only was raised up out from among the dead. And I could go on with that because that's it. Like as Christ is the one and the only one who can say, I am he that liveth. But then you see the reality of that, honey, is the same thing of him saying, and whether I get to it or not today in, in John, it's the same thing as him saying, and I live in you. And it's the same thing as Paul saying, he liveth in me, and therefore he liveth in you. He liveth unto God but he liveth in my very soul. He is the salvation and the life and the resurrection of my very soul. And he's the resurrection of his own body whose body we are. Now, we're not talking about bodies. We're not talking about he's the resurrection of bodies. He's the resurrection of his body. His body. And though he dwells in many, and though there are many in him, it's one who liveth, and it's one body in which he lives. It all comes together in him. The cross, as I've said, is where one died, one became dead for all, and all died with him. And just as one died, even so, one came forth out from among the dead. Just as one died, he is the resurrection and the life. Just as one died and was done away, so one lives and remains forever. For he has the authority and the victory and the power over death and hell and Satan and anything that is associated with that realm of death and darkness. We are passed from death unto life himself. according to that which Christ finished by the cross. The destruction of the old creation 
is, is finished. He isn't going to die again. Death has no more hold over him. And that he died under sin, he died once. Death has no dominion over him. And let me remind you, who are born from above, that this one of whom we are speaking is the very one who now lives in you. He lives there having power over death and hell. He lives there having victory over death, hell, and all that comes with it. He lives in you. And in the relation of that, he is king of kings and lord of lords. Now, I happened to the other day, because I was just checking uh, 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 our website, actually, and, uh, and, 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 I, and, and what was up on my screen at that time was uh, a, a Wednesday class, but it was a Wednesday class uh, that is taught by uh, Rabin, Rabin Bird. And, uh, and we rotate those. And uh, so in actuality, what I was doing at that time was testing the volume on my, on my computers so I could see if I was going to work with a Zoom class or not. But then I got interested in what, in what Rabin was saying. And a good part of what he was talking about was Christ the King in the kingdom and was dealing with David and Solomon. And what I'm saying here is that uh, I'm talking about this one and I'm looking at it from this perspective, the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who is, but we're also saying that he is victorious and he hath authority over death, hell, and the grave. It's the one that Rabin was talking about. He is the sovereign king, sovereign king of kings. And we live in his kingdom. And that's just another reality of being in Christ, but it's a tremendous reality. And I was going to encourage you if you haven't heard that lesson, uh, you can always find them through our website. And, uh, but it would be Wednesday about a week ago. And it has to do with the truth, truly with the one, the one who is, the, the one who is living in you is the one who rules. Who rules? Who is, who is, not only divine, uh, but he is divinely all powerful, and he is, he is, uh, the sovereign is what I was fishing for. His sovereignty in all things. Hun, this is a great salvation to which we have come in Christ. Now, let me continue just a few minutes here in John, because the question that I've written down here on my pages is that, uh, you know, how, how does such a salvation exist? 
It exists in Christ. It exists because Christ himself brought it into existence. You take Christ out of it and it doesn't exist. I mean it. It doesn't exist because I'm there. It doesn't exist because you're there. It exists because of him. It exists because where we are is in him and he in us. Now that's why it exists. But it, but it, but it exists by what? By what? And what we're talking about is the resurrection. The resurrection. I, Jesus says, will raise it up. I will raise it up. And we've been reading in Matthew 16, uh, in, some, in some classes somewhere, Matthew 16, verse 15 through 19, and he asked his disciples what we really should take to our heart but whom do you say that I am? And I guess I've just spent this period of time right here trying to share out of my heart concerning who do we say that he is? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, and, and Peter answered correctly, but when he did, the, the Lord said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, hon, nothing, nothing that you have seen with your eyes and heard with your ears, and, and I've been with you all of this time, and you've seen me do this and that and various things, but none of this has gotten through to enlighten your soul as to who I am truly am. My Father was the one that showed this to you. This is the same Jesus that says, and it's recorded in this same, in this same gospel, Matthew. No man knoweth who the Son is, save the Father, and no man knoweth who the Father is, save the Son. And it's not, it, that's not to be mistaken now, not really. It can't be mistaken that no man believes in God. No man believes that Jesus is that Jesus Christ is is really the Son of God. There, there's there's all kind of forms of belief along that line. But that isn't what he said. He said, No man knoweth who the Son is, save the Father. And no man knoweth who the Father is, save the Son. And that's kind of the heart of this little search that I'm in right now and have been in for some time. But it, the Lord is crowding me in this search, realities of being in Christ, our union with Christ. We've been talking about that. And it's, it's just other, it's terminology really saying the same thing. But the Lord continues to just, to just press me into the person, and that thought keeps coming up in my heart. Who do you say that I am? What understanding given of God with regard to me, by what understanding are you living? Is it that given of God concerning me? 
And then he says, my father has shown you this. And then he goes on in verse 18. And it's interesting that it's verse 18 here, and I'm not making anything out of it. That's theological. I'm not making anything out of it at all. I'm just pointing something out to you. It's interesting. <laughs> that Revelation 1.18 is, is what makes this verse 18 so powerful. And I say, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, which is this confession that Peter has just made, upon this, upon this, who I am, that, that is revealed of my Father as to who I am, upon that rock, the rock that God showed Moses, and fulfilled in his son. Upon this rock. I will build my church. And what is it? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What did we just read in verse 18? I have the keys to death. To hell. Yes. And all. All. Of the darkness. Whatever. Because the key is there by most translators uh, is, is, is termed power and authority. He has the power, the authority to open and to shut. He has the keys. Well, but here it is. Why I will build my church why would that church, I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is it about that church against which shall not prevail against it? One thing it means there is it cannot, cannot come against it and defeat it, but, but the real reading here is cannot hold it back. Cannot keep it back. Cannot restrain it. Cannot prevail against it. How is that so? Well, it's because of the one who builds it. I will build my church. In Hebrews 3, in Hebrews 3, we find a great thing concerning that body, that house, that church. In Hebrews 3, accommodation briefly there given to Moses as a servant over his own house, but immediately then, the greater than Moses arises there. And it's Christ the Son, whose house, goes on to say, whose house we are. Now, the way it's written there in, 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 the, in the King James is, whose house are we? Whose house are we? But what it means is, whose house we are. But then it goes on to say, for he that buildeth the house is greater than the house. Hon, the greatness of God 
dwells in us and his name is Jesus. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is revealed of the Father to be my beloved Son. And is that Son in whom we, the house, are accepted of God. It's him, hon. It's him. Oh, hallelujah. I will build my church. And then another verse here. Another verse here. In John. John 2, 19 through 21. John 2, 19 through 21. This is where Jesus has confronted the temple as it stood in his, in his time on earth. As it stood in his time on earth. And he knew under Moses, the tabernacle, under Solomon, the temple, was directly a type of him and was directly a type of his body, the church. He knew all of this when he was standing there. See, he knew all of this. He, nobody taught him. He knew all of this already. I won't go any farther with that at this point in time. But he knew. And that's the reason he said, that's the reason he said in verse 19, John 2, 19, destroy this temple. Destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. Now they got all put out of shape because, you know, uh, 46 years was this temple in building. Actually, it was this temple being remodeled. Herod remodeled it. He didn't, it, uh, that's what he did to it. The only time that it was actually truly rebuilt was back under the Old, the old Testament after the, after the uh, Babylonian captivity. Uh, they come back and, and rebuilt that temple. But, here it is. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the, of the temple of his body. If you could just allow me this, because we can stay together in the scriptures that I can show you that it is exactly that. Destroy this temple. He not only knew that in a very actually short period of time, it took place at the year A.D. 70. 70. Uh, 70 years after the cross. That this temple was indeed demolished and carried away stone by stone. But the greater destruction that he was talking about 
destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. He was talking about the temple of his own body. He was talking about the cross. And we could stand here or sit here, you and I, and I'm sure could just relate to this for a long time. The death that he bare. The taking away in his body of the whole order of the first. Temple, tabernacle, I mean the whole thing. Everything that Moses built, everything that Solomon built. Everything that was used in Old Testament type worship, all of it was coming to the cross in his body and was to be destroyed. And this is what he is having reference to. And he spake concerning the temple of his body, and hun, in these verses... What he is talking about. Now the Jews knew nothing about this. And wouldn't have believed it. But he did. And he's talking about. His body. The church. The fullness of him who filleth all. In all. So. Let me read this quickly. Matthew, I will build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How so, Lord? In three days, how will you build your church? By what power will you do that? In three days, I will raise it up. Or you see, hun, in three days I will raise it up. Like as Christ was raised up out from among the dead. It's in three days. Even so should we walk in newness of life see hun he's he's using three days here his death burial resurrection he's using that because he's bringing everything of the Old Testament uh, testimony into a fulfillment but immediately that it is fulfilled in Christ then it ceases to be things like 24-hour days or 12-hour days. No, it becomes the reality of His death and His burial and His resurrection. The cross ceases to be a thing of the past, ceases to be a thing of history, and becomes an ever-ongoing reality in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. There are believers who probably during the course of this 24-hour day, this Wednesday, somewhere on the face of the earth, have come to Christ 
And they have come in the way that we have been describing here. Whether they know the theology of it or not, whether they know the theology of being born from above, if they come to the Lord and they this day were born from above or born again, then this day Christ lives in them. And if they came by way of the Spirit of God bringing them, which is the only way they could come, then they can read Galatians 2.20 and they can read Romans, the first chapter, verses 3 and 4, and, and see in the Scripture that this is exactly what has just taken place in them. They have come into that baptism which Christ not only was, which Christ is, and which Christ shall forever be. Hallelujah. So we're not talking about different theologies on how to be saved. We're talking about the person of our salvation. And he brings his body forth in the power of his resurrection. And I keep beating on this and saying this over and over again in, in these sessions because, because I know that different ones are here in different sessions. I want to take this on through John, right up to John 14, and then go from there to Ephesians 1, verse 18 through verse 23, and then chapter 2 of Ephesians, verse 1 through verse 7, I want us to see the power. I want us to see the exceeding greatness of the power who dwells in us, by whom we have been raised up out from among the dead, in Him is that raising. Not, not us, you see, as just a bunch of individuals here, 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 here. That may be the way we see ourselves. It isn't the way that God sees us. We're not just a bunch of individuals, honey. We're raised up as one body. It's not me sitting somewhere in heaven. He hath raised us together with Christ in heaven, in Christ, as one body, one house. In fact, one city of God in whom Christ lives. So, I will raise it up. We'll just mark that as one of the realities of our being in Christ is that we are there by the power of His resurrection. My Lord, hon, we're there because He lives in us. And that's the only reason we're there and the only way we're there. And who is He? He is the exceeding greatness of the power of God. Amen. All right, we'll quit right there. The Lord bless. It's good to be with you.
Remember our Bible conference. June the 21st through, well, the 21st is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday through the 25th. Monday night beginning through Friday at noon. Two sessions in the mornings, one at night, and two sessions on Friday morning, and we're dismissed at noon. We'd love to have you with us. It is tremendously important, these gatherings. Why? Because we're His body. Because we're His body. And if we are gathered together in Christ, and if we are seated in Him, then that needs to be the very expression of our existence on earth. And in these gatherings, in these gatherings, that expression is given testimony. We are one body, not because we're in this building, but we are in this building because we're one body. And many of that will come from different states and different places, just like you. We look forward to having you with us at that time. The last full week of June, June the 21st through the 25th. If you have any questions concerning this, if you need help in any way concerning this conference, please do not hesitate to let us know. Email, phone, whatever. Let us know how we can help you. We strongly desire that you can be with us in this conference. Uh, much of the past year, year and a half of the disease uh, is fading away and we're not under tight restrictions and rules here in Arkansas as there might still be lingering along in some places, I'm, I'm not for sure. But we are at liberty to come together and we urge you to take that time as a gathering together in the fellowship of the Son. The Lord bless. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for <clears throat> letting us be where you are right now. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless.